Greetings, my little oddities. This is Monica Carraway at Small Biz Thoughts. Thanks for joining us in our seventh Odd Tuesdays episode. Today we are joined by Ted Hulsey, Vice President of Marketing at eFolder. Ted will be discussing with Carl sync and security issues facing MSPs and VARs and how business-grade sync is changing the security and remote access landscape. Rayanne Buccianico also joins us today in our Oddballs segment, and I'll have some tech news for you brought to you by neowin.net. First, I'd like to run through some upcoming tech events that might be of interest in coming to a town near you. The Ulistic MSP Workshop will be held April 24th in Vancouver and May 15th in New Orleans. Go to ulistic.com for more information. The Robin Robbins IT Sales and Marketing Bootcamp is on May 14th to the 17th in Nashville. For registration details, please go to robbinsbigseminar.com. The SMB Nation Emerging Technology Tour continues with Carl among the presenters. It will be on May 16th in Denver. Please go to http forward slash forward slash tour dot for information. And the ASCII IT SMB Success Summit is on May 28th and 29th in Columbus, Ohio. Please go to ASCIEvents.com for more detail. And now let's welcome Carl and Ted Hulsey. And now I'm joined by Ted Holsey from eFolder. Ted is the Vice President of Marketing at eFolder. Welcome, sir. Uh, it's great to be here. So who are you and what do you do? Well, eFolder, we're a company that's exclusively focused on helping channel partners go out there and drive recurring revenue and profits in their business. And um, the products that we deliver uh, to channel partners, primarily MSPs and solution providers, our backup um, BDR or backup disaster recovery and uh, cloud file sync solutions. And that's that's kind of our, our mission in life. We we help partners uh, improve their managed service offerings and do it profitably and help their clients um, you know protect their data, protect their uptime, and protect their productivity. Alrighty, very good. So I guess you're one of the people who gets to say we were. We've been doing the cloud since before they called it the cloud, right? <laughs> we were cloud before cloud was cool, I think is the way I used to tell it. <laughs> so is there an eFolder appliance, or how exactly does it work for you to back up our stuff? Well, there's we basically have three different product lines, cloud backup, BDR, and cloud file sync. And I think one of the things that makes eFolder really unique is that we don't necessarily, you know, force partners to adopt our hardware. So um, in the case of cloud backup and file sync, the solution is very much cloud-centric and software-focused. Um, the partners just need to download and utilize eFolder software um, and uh, utilize our cloud environment for you know, backing up data or syncing the data to the cloud. In the case of our BDR product line, um, partners have, a, have choice. Um, they can either utilize the appliance that we supply them on a wholesale basis, or they can use eFolder BDR services with their own brand of prefer preferred brand of hardware. Um, this is pretty important because a lot of partners, when they're deploying BDR appliances, they want to use the brand of hardware that they've standardized on. They want to use, you know, standard servers that they're very familiar with, configurations they're very familiar with, and 
uh, let's be honest. I mean, everybody wants to drive the maximum amount of revenue for the vendor partners they've identified. And for a lot of the, um, you know, traditional Windows server manufacturers and OEMs, they, it's, they pay up, <laughs> they force partners to pay attention to their sales volume. So um, our partners can standardize on a certain brand of a BDR appliance and use e-folder software and services to um, build their own BDRs, if you will. Right. So if I'm an HP reseller, it's going to be hard for me to justify to a client why I'm putting in a super micro server as the BDR. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we let partners make that choice, but we give them choice, and you can go either option. Right now we have some interesting stuff going on with regard to storage. Talk a little bit about the challenges that eFolder is seeing with some of their partners. Yeah, well, I, I think the, the the main challenge that partners are dealing with with their clients today with the cloud is, you know, how to deploy the right solution to a client that balances cost and you know security and control. Um, there's a lot of hype around the cloud, but our view is that the cloud really presents to the SMB market really a what we call a kind of a hybrid cloud future. And it means that if you've got clients that have an existing file server, it means that you don't just simply rip and replace that. Um, if you've got uh, small clients who maybe have been, you know, debating moving completely to the cloud, you know, you now have options to do that. But, you know, so it's somewhat of a com complex uh, picture, but what we aim to do is, is, is provide flexible solutions that allow partners to tailor um, the solution they take to a client. And in the case of FileSync, um, there's some really great technology available today that allows partners to uniquely go meet those client requirements. And, and that's why eFolder acquired Anchor. Um, Anchor uh, is a, was a company that was a fast-growth San Francisco startup that was exclusively focused on the IT channel, on MSPs and VARs. And eFolder has traditionally been a company focused on backup and BDR solutions. We operate a petabyte scale storage cloud. And the reason acquiring Anchor made so much sense is we have this cloud environment that has these unbeatable storage economics. And we were, were able to marry that with the software platform um, that allows uh, end users or the client to client and the, and the users to, to sync their data to the cloud and sync their data to all these different devices. And it's just kind of a perfect combination, which gives the partners and their clients a lot of great options for a business-grade and secure cloud file sync solution. All righty. Well, so uh, is it, does it make any sense for somebody to try a product like eFolder? I mean, does, you know, I know you have a, an offer you're going to make here, but if I try it, don't I have to just invest a whole bunch of time trying to figure it out? And, or is it, am I actually going to be able to see in pretty short order what it is that I'm going to sell and where the, um, you know, I guess, uh, where the value is in putting this in my client's offices? Well, I, I think what we're seeing today is that partners that are deploying the Anchor product to their clients, the most common way of doing it is with a free trial. And what partners will do is they'll they'll often come in during a QBR or a client health check, and they'll discover that there's problems. There's 
frustrations around the VPN and, and, you know, remotely accessing files and people are frustrated about getting their corporate content onto their mobile phone and their tablet and they want to be able to get their data to their home, the PC in their home office and not have to go through a bunch of backflips to do it. And what our partners that are being very successful are doing is they're just simply sitting down with those clients and saying, hey, let's, let's pick a little focus group of people and put in a free trial. And and I think what we what we what we often see is that when the partner does that, the solution you you can't take it back from the people you put in the trial with, and because it really changes how they work, it makes them more productive and it makes them far less frustrated with their existing you know way they work with their files and do remote access. And so you know philosophically, we're the same way with working with partners. We want to you know everybody who's interested in the Anchor Solution can access a 21-day free trial of the Anchor Solution and let your own technicians play with it, kick the tires, experience how it works. But that whole kind of free trial technique kind of cascades down through our whole partner base, and that's how partners are being most successful selling it today. So, it's you know, it's interesting. It's one thing to say, oh, we work with mobile devices. It's another thing to say, people actually care and are using that. And do you have a sense of, of how much people are actually using that? Because, you know, there's a limit to how much usability. Like, I'm not writing a book on my phone. I'm just not doing it. You know what I mean? But but there are times when it would be nice to access a document. I'll just give a couple examples from my business travels this week. Um, you know, it, it's it's not about mobile devices like your iPhone or your tablet replacing your laptop computer that's not going to that's not going to happen or not going to happen anytime soon it's being in sync is all about being productive and able being able to solve uh really basically small problems very simply which have historically been impossible to solve without whipping out your laptop and and you know going into your files and you know connecting to a network and and sending off a, a file and let me just give like two really practical examples um there's a very large PowerPoint presentation that I needed from a couple of my colleagues. All three of us were on the road. We're all hopping on airplanes. And my colleague, AK, all he did was simply hop on his iPhone, go to the file in question, and simply send me a link so that I could then download this, you know, 9 or 10 or 12 meg PowerPoint presentation. You know, very simple it's you know traditionally something he would have had to like log, you know get on his laptop to actually get that file and then attach it to email and hope the email would go through and then the other example is this morning I'm at the hotel and I'm needing to go print some stuff down at the business center in the hotel and instead of taking the file and emailing it to myself and then logging into my email when I go down to the business center I simply updated the file saved it confidently shut down my laptop and walked down and grabbed a cup of coffee in the hotel lobby and then walked into the business center, logged into the anchor portal, and there were the files that I needed, open, print at the business center, and then I'm off and ready to go. And just far simpler user experience. So those are you know literally two use cases today where my colleagues and I were able to collaborate and be more productive um, and then we wouldn't have been if we didn't have the anchor solution in place in our business. Right. Well, now, uh, quick question. How secure is it that you walk into a business center and feel okay just, like, logging on and accessing? Because clearly, 
there's a lot of stuff there besides the PowerPoint. The difference between a business-grade sync solution and something like Dropbox is that with a business-grade sync solution, you can at least make the business decision, I'm going to prohibit my employees from syncing to their home PC or not. Um, you know, or in the case of me in the, the hotel business center, I have a very complicated password that I use, and that's a, that's a security policy that the administrator of our account can impose on my account and force me to have a complex password. And these are all these sorts of business-grade features and security-oriented features that you just simply won't find in a consumer-grade ser service. And this is the sort of tools that an MSP needs to go in and really customize and tailor the solution to um, a, a business account. Right. Well, and uh, Dropbox has the mind share. So have you had difficulty getting people to take to their clients and say, look, there is really a difference between the business class and the, and the uh, home user class? I, I analogize Dropbox to AOL. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a solution that has gone viral and is dominant in the consumer perception. And, you know, I think that, you know, I, I don't want to be unfair, but, I mean, they're probably somewhat schizophrenic. They're dealing with, you know, tens of millions of consumer users and then trying to figure out, well, how do we make money from this? And I think every consumer application faces this dilemma, you know, and they're, they're making these periodic forays into the business market and announcing these roadmap features and beta, beta releases that aren't really here yet. Our view of the matter is that, you know, Dropbox has more or less educated consumers on the productivity benefits of having your files with you wherever you go, but most businesses in America have not really addressed the security dilemma that that poses, and that MSPs and VARs are uniquely positioned to go deal with the, the, the security problem that's been created. The solution does need to be as easy to use, use as Dropbox, but it also has to have the security and control capabilities that um, business organizations, IT departments, and MSPs have traditionally come to expect in the solutions they deploy. All righty. Tell us where we can, somebody can find out about this free trial, a three-week free trial. Where do they go for that? Do they have to email you personally and send you a check, or what's the deal? No, no. I mean, any, any qualified MSP VAR solution provider can go to anchorworks.com, click on the contact menu, and, and you can go there and either request a 21-day free trial or request a demo. And those are two really great ways to kick the tires and, and learn more about the solution. Very good. All right. Well, thank you for your time today. I, I appreciate it, as always. Now let's welcome in our Oddballs segment, Rayanne Buccianico from ABC Solutions. Rand shares a lot of practical tips on how to use QuickBooks in your business, specifically for MSPs. Today she is going to share preference settings tips. Let's welcome Rayanne. Hello everyone, Ryan here from ABC Solutions in sunny Clearwater, Florida, bringing you QuickBooks tips on this week's Oddball segment. Today I want to talk about some preferences. When starting a new company file, 
or even if you've had the file for a long time, there may be some minor nuances that just drive you crazy. Well, I'm here to relieve you. The first thing I do when working in a new QuickBooks company file is head straight to the Preferences section. You can find the Preferences at the bottom of the Edit menu. You'll see categories of preferences down the left side of the window. Each one is clickable and has their own unique settings. The list is even alphabetized to help you find things easier. Each preference section on the left has two tabs in the window to the right, My Preferences and Company Preferences. The My Preferences tab are settings for your instances of QuickBooks based on your user login to the company file. The company preferences are company-wide preferences and can only be modified by an administrator or external accountant. Today's preference tips will focus on the My Preferences tabs because these apply to everyone. QuickBooks loves to offer you new and exciting products and services, for an additional fee of course. It seems every time you open a new window, they have a service they want to sell you like processing credit cards, ordering checks, downloading templates for invoices, the list is nearly endless. In the general section, there is a checkbox to turn off pop-up messages for products and services. While you are in there, you can turn off that beep you hear every time a transaction is saved. And if you're not a fan of using the tab key to move from field to field, there's a checkbox to use the enter key instead. Another favorite of mine is the automatically recall last transaction for this name. This remembers where you posted expenses when entering bills to keep posting consistent. The next preference I turn off is the spell check located in the spelling section. Now for wordy invoices and estimates, spell check is often a good thing. However, if you sell a lot of products, that spell check screen sure can get annoying every time you try to save an invoice. The first time you run a report in QuickBooks, then enter or change a transaction while the report is open, QuickBooks will prompt you with a notification that the report needs to be refreshed. It knows the information has changed, but it won't update the reports automatically unless you click the Refresh button. If you don't check the box on that notification to Always Refresh, there's a setting in the Preferences in the Reports and Graphs section to automatically refresh all reports. That will stop the prompt. Beginning with QuickBooks 2013, you probably noticed that the toolbar at the top of the screen moved to the left side. You can put the toolbar back at the top under the View menu. When you do that, you'll see that the icons are now black and white. In the Desktop Preferences section, you can choose colored icons on the toolbar to give it that comfy QuickBooks feel again. There are many other preferences you can set in QuickBooks, like default bank accounts and turning off the home page screen. I recommend taking a few minutes to see what's in there to make your QuickBooks experience a little more pleasant. The preferences I mentioned here today are specifically for the desktop version of QuickBooks. QuickBooks Online has a completely different set of preferences in the company settings menu. If you have a topic you would like covered in a future segment, feel free to contact me by visiting my website at abcsolutionsfl.com. Until next time, this is Rayanne with ABC Solutions signing off. Hey, this is Carl. Just one more thing. I just spent three days with the Dental Integrators Association. And obviously they're a cool niche market and they have a lot of common challenges and a lot of common opportunities. Really spending a few, a few days with them 
gives you a real strong sense of what it means to be in a niche and to get to know other people. Everyone in that room knew the kinds of people that they deal with, like what is a doctor? We even looked at the DISC profiles, D-I-S-C, and most of the people in the room were D's and I's and a few S's and a few C's. Dentists tend to be S's and C's. So when you deal with them, you get a sense of how you can interact with them in a way that's meaningful to them. They're very conscientious. They have certain ways that they approach things and the way that they approach business problems is affected by the way that their personality has evolved. One of the things that we talked about with Ted Halsey is about, you know, choosing the right backup. And these guys all went on and on and on about trying to figure out how do you convince doctors not to use Dropbox? Dropbox is absolutely not HIPAA compliant. It's never going to be. And there's things like that where when the dental integrators look at it, they try to figure out how can I put a solution in front of a doctor and say, this is why this is a business class solution and not just something that is good just because it's cheap. You know, you go to the radio and you hear all these commercials for carbonite and you think, oh, okay, sounds good or they wouldn't have it on the radio. But you have to go to the dentist and say, hey, quite realistically, a $29 or $39 a month solution is not good for your business. Google has stated with regard to their services that if it's a free public service, it is absolutely not protected. They will index it and someday they might sell it and there's nothing you can do about that. Part of you agreeing to use those services is that you agree that they are more or less public and if they're not public today, they will be someday, but Google has the right to open it. They have the right to index it. They have the right to sell advertisements related to that well obviously you don't want that with your backup your your backups your clients backups they need to be truly secure truly protected you need to be able to tell a story of how this is compliant with HIPAA or PCI or anything else you know one of the things that's interesting about HIPAA is that if you just make sure that you follow good solid business practices you're probably going to be HIPAA compliant. Now you have to document it, and of course that's where my fun always comes in. But think about what you're doing when you talk to your clients and really push the side that this has to be business class. We sell business class machines, business class service, and we only let our clients do the same thing. Think about that. Bring me your feedback. I'd love to hear from you. You can email me or Monica anytime right here at Small Biz Thoughts. Thanks for tuning in. And now for what's new in tech news. After releasing the Windows 8.1 update to TechNet and MSDN subscribers on April 2nd and via Windows Update for the vast majority of Windows 8.1 PCs on April 8th, Microsoft has now released Windows 8.1 update from its Volume License Service Center. In a blog post out April 14th, Microsoft said that the VLSC customers can download Windows Server 2012 R2 update and Windows Embedded 8.1 Industry update as well. The blog also says that the version of Windows 8.1 update from VLSC and MSDN does not have all the fixes that are available in the version accessible via Windows Update. It states, therefore, Windows Update and WSUS will offer the update again to devices that are deployed by using this medium. There is no word on when this will happen, but when it does, the download will be a small one and won't 
require the full reinstallation of Windows 8.1 update. With the Samsung Galaxy S5 being released, PayPal is keeping its promise of utilizing the fingerprint reader on the S5 when PayPal announced the feature at the 2014 Mobile World Congress. PayPal has recently released their apps, which were specifically designed for use with the S5 and Galaxy Gear wearables. However, Samsung devices are not the only ones that can use the new app. Instead of typing in a username and password, you can just type your username and with a simple swipe of your finger across the scanner, you'll be able to log in instantly to make payments either online or at a select brick and mortar stores. This feature did not exist until these devices were released. PayPal's newest app will allow Samsung Galaxy Gear 2 and Gear Fit smartwatch users to make payments, redeem offers, and receive payment notifications on the fly. Recently, Google launched a remote desktop client that allows any computer running the Chrome browser remote access. Since the Chrome browser is multi-platform, this powerful tool allows a remote connection with most computers regardless of operating system. According to GigaOp, Google is currently looking to bring its remote desktop application to Android devices. This project has been in development for nearly a year and is still being beta tested by a select few. This feature would be primarily aimed at larger screen devices like tablets, but will also work on mobile phones. The Android remote desktop application is expected to be released soon. For the past couple of weeks, Twitter has been on a roll adding features that improve both the quality of the experience and productivity of the service. Last month, borrowing from popular photo services and Facebook, Twitter added the ability to tag people in photos. This feature was coupled with the ability to add multiple pictures, up to four, to one tweet without sacrificing character count, giving users the ability to utilize the full 140 characters. Most recently, Twitter unveiled a new feature that will bring real-time notification to the web-based Twitter page. This will allow users to receive real-time notifications when someone replies, favorites, or retweets a tweet. There will also be pop-up notifications for these events. The real-time notifications will also occur when users receive direct messages and new followers. This feature will be customizable with the ability to control what types of notifications are received. Although this feature isn't live yet, it should also be coming within the next couple of weeks. Microsoft renamed its free Office Web Apps collection to Office Online in February, and on April 14th announced the first update to their browser-based software since the branding change. The updates will begin to roll out throughout April. The Office blog reveals that Excel Online now has Tell Me support, which allows users to ask the program how to do something. The feature will then bring up a list of suggested commands in a drop-down menu. Excel Online also now lets users add, edit, and delete comments, along with a way to open and edit VBA-enabled spreadsheets without removing or corrupting the VBA contained in the file. Word Online users can now edit comments along with letting them insert footnotes and endnotes in line. List making in the program has also been improved. Microsoft says, for example, when you're making a list, if you're directly below an existing numbered list and start typing, your next line automatically begins part of the list, just like in desktop Word. Finally, Word Online, PowerPoint Online, and OneNote Online are all now available for Chrome Web Browser users to download from the Chrome Web Store. Excel Online will be added to that storefront in the future. Mathematicians have created an app to help overcome jet lag. The University of Michigan has released N-Train, E-N-T-R-A-I-N, a new app that's intended to deal with the effects of jet lag that still affect many travelers today. Research has shown that light is the key to dealing with jet lag, which has been linked to heart disease and diabetes. To help work out when you need periods of light and dark, Olivia Walsh, a graduate student, developed the iPhone app using this research. 
people can enter their normal sleep schedules, select where they will be going, and what kind of light they'll be exposed to so that Entrain can create a personalized sleep schedule. The Entrain app is available for iPhone on the App Store. That's all for today's tech news. I'd like to thank Neowin.net for their contribution. The Education for Tech's courses continue. Carl's just finished up the Managing Your Service Board 1 setup and core standard operating procedures yesterday. There's going to be a follow-up Managing Your Service Board 2 series of classes focusing on daily procedures in September. The next five-week online course starts April 28th. It's called the Critical Habits for Success, How to Work in Real Time, and will run from April 28th to June 2nd. It will be taught by author and MSP coach Manuel Polachuk. Please go to greatlittleseminar.com for more information. And for those who have missed the last few episodes of Odd Tuesdays, Carl's third annual online conference is on again in June. Michael Gerber, author of The E-Myth Revisited, and SMB Nation's Harry Brelsford are a few of our featured speakers. We will be covering everything from streamlining your managed services business to practical sales and marketing tips over the three days. Please visit smbonlineconference.com to view our full lineup and topics. I thank you very much for listening today. Please visit us again May 6th with our special guest, business consultant Gil Cargill from Cargill Consulting. He will outline how best to train your sales team. We will also have another Oddballs feature for you and plenty of tech news and upcoming MSP event highlights. I hope you will be listening. Take care. <music>